This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock, a business of intercessory prayer for businesses. Learn more at MarketplaceRock.com. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co-founder and co-host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead. Today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, you guys have uh, heard me talk in the past about some of the mastermind groups that we have done and in, in our really our heart, right, to touch a million people and our focus is Project 100. That's all about how do we influence and impact in a positive way a million people in the next two years. And one of the ways that we've done that as we've broken that down is how do we just really teach, train, equip, and launch 100 leaders, coaches, you know, business owners in the next two years, right? Because if we can touch 100 people who can influence the lives of 100 other people, that's 10,000 people. And those 10,000 people, if we continue to, to stay involved, those 10,000 people, if they touch 100 lives, now we've touched a million people. And here's the exciting thing is every single person listening to this has the the ability to absolutely have that kind of impact. And here's what I know and believe in my heart is what starts personally goes locally and it can go nationally and can go globally. And one of the most powerful things that has come about for me to be able to do that is actually creating some mastermind groups where we really have the time to sow into people. And, you know, I was at, I was looking to adding this into my coaching and my business practice, and I've been part of mastermind groups in business. So this isn't, you know, if you're a coach out there, this topic is not just for you. This is for anybody out there that, that is trying to teach, train, and equip others in business, ministry, whatever happens to be. And Jay, it was through that process, I'm doing my research, and you and I got introduced, and my goodness, it must be two years now, isn't it? Well, I, I was trying to figure that out myself, John, and I think it might even be a little longer. My, I think you were one of our earliest uh, boot camp members. I think it might be like two and a half years. Wow. Well, time flies when you're having fun because, you know, you know, it's interesting because I have probably like a lot of you um, being an entrepreneur, I get an idea. I'm like, okay, well, there's a, a skill that I have, but I need some better knowledge and I need some experience using that knowledge. Maybe I need a better tool set to be able to kind of to act or monetize or bring an idea to life. And I've, I've invested a tremendous amount of money in a number of, of different areas and schools and training and teaching. And there are very few people in my life, and Jay, you're one of them, that just has that servant heart, that integrity. You know, as we went through this whole process, man, you are just, you are so involved and you cared um, not that I took your course, you cared that I succeeded in the knowledge that was on your heart to help me with. And uh, it's been a game changer for our company, for my attitude, for my confidence. And I just wanted to, uh, you know, thank you, my friend, for actually doing what you're doing now. And you've helped me really start to bring to life and, and, and execute on this Project 100 vision. Well, I love that. And you know what? what's funny? Um, I just have to tell you this because you don't know this, but years ago with my personal development company um, is that we had a, we had a, a, a campaign mission um, vision for what we called the Leadership 100, which, which honest to goodness no was- No kidding. 
exactly the same. Um, and uh, when we started doing our masterminds and and really bringing masterminds outside of just our organization, which we use for support, um, is that we wanted a hundred creation circle leaders, which was the leadership one hundred, uh, to do almost exactly the same thing that you just described. Now, our our methodology evolved to include this external mastermind training process. Um, and, and, you know, at this stage of the game, I believe we have put about 700 people through the boot camp. We've put about 600 people through the, um, through the mastermind to millions live. I think we're just pushing a hundred of, uh, people in our lead program. Uh, but anyway, I just think that's a fascinating piece that, that that's a part and parcel of your mission as well, because we, we have been working on a very similar theme for a very long time. Well, you know, that's exciting. And, you know, getting to know you, that's kind of the fun thing. And, you know, it's one of been my favorite things about building this this business specifically and the podcast is getting to just develop new relationships, right? Two and a half years, we didn't know each other and went through your course and I went to your live event, which was phenomenal. We'll talk a little bit about that. But um, but here's what I'd love to do because, you know, I've gotten to know you and I know your your story and know your heart and I've just seen you in action and, you know, there's a place where that comes from, you know, and I'd love to just, you know, bring you back. And if you could just share with everybody, you know, what's your journey been from, you know, the early days and, you know, different things you've done. I know you've had some significant highs and lows in business, and we have a lot of <laughs> leaders that listen in here. And I think they would really appreciate kind of your perspective and context as you've as you've kind of moved through your, you know, what you've built. Yeah, absolutely. The... um you know, it's it's an interesting piece about where to start, and and I think I'll 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 do my best to to keep it at the highlights because because I've had a fascinating and odd, um, and and amazing life that I'm pretty grateful for both the the the, the good times and and otherwise. Um, but for me, really, what transpired was I, I finished high school. I went to, di- to do a year of uh, – I wanted to become a lawyer. I was fairly articulate. I liked to argue. Uh, I think at that stage of the game, and this will date me, L.A. Law was on TV, and I was pretty sure being a lawyer was going to be just like that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I may have been able to argue, but I perhaps wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. Um, <laughs> however, awesome. I did a, I did a year of pre-law and decided that is not what uh, what I was cut out for. And uh, I ended up going and starting my first business, which we did a bunch of uh, marketing promotions for a construction company that turned into a construction company. And uh, now, how old were you when you did that? I was 18, turning 19. No kidding. Now, so how did you decide at 18 years old to do marketing promotions for construction? Um, you know what? That's an interesting question. I had a I had a dear friend. He and his dad owned a company doing similar work. Uh, his name was Byron, and uh, Byron said, "We got to try this." And uh, it was one of those pieces where I think it was um, um, beginner's luck, so to speak, or or success through ignorance. Where you know we started and, and we were pretty darn good at it, pretty pretty darn quickly. Um, and it was like, "Hey, we could do this." And, um, but, but it didn't take me long to figure out that that's not where the real money was, not in the marketing piece. The real money was in owning a construction company. But the only challenge was, as I didn't, uh, the only challenge was I didn't really know which end of a hammer to hold. So I was going to need a pretty good partner, ah. <laughs> <laughs> which actually worked out pretty good because I, I had sort of mastered this marketing piece. We could make the phone ring. Uh, we could keep people happy. We could, you know, all those pieces I, I needed a partner. So I ended up with this, this Polish fellow, his name was Andy. 
And Andy was very good at what he did, but he was a miserable human being. Like he was absolutely not happy. He was not joyful. Um, he'd like, like he was, he was grumpy, you know? And, uh, and one of the most meaningful sort of pivots in my entire life was Andy said he was going away for, uh, for holidays and I'll hold the fort down. And he comes back, um, a week later, Monday morning and honest goodness, John, he is floating on air and you got to keep in mind that I'm 18 years old and I'm 19 years old. And it's like, he's happy. He's smiling. He's making jokes. He just got back from his holiday. The only thing that I can think of is that on his holiday, he must've gotten lucky. It'll wear off by noon and he'll be back to his grumpy self. And, uh, but the truth is, is that he remained joyful that entire week. He was, he had a sense of humor. He was giggling. We had more fun. And we sold more that week than we had ever sold in our lives. And uh, um, we're, we're at the end of the week um, at this, uh, think of it like a, like a cheers bar, um, except it was called Smiles in Calgary. And I, I remember saying, it's like, Andy, so what happened to you? It's like aliens took over your body. Like, what did you do with my business partner? Because you are not him. And uh, he took a sip of his beer and he gave me a big smile and he said, I took a course. It was very powerful. Take it. And um, what I heard him say was, I took a sales course. You should take it. We'll make more money. It's not what he said at all. But I ended up in this um, in this really powerful transformational program that um, really altered or helped me to see myself for who and how I really am, what my uh, role uh, on planet Earth was. Um, ultimately came to reinforce my belief in uh, God and spirit and mission and purpose and and why I thought I was here. And through that, through that experience, um, I ended up completing all those courses. I went back to school to take business administration um, and through sort of and did a bunch of volunteering for that organization. And then uh, I was invited to come back and take their facilitator training, which I did um, at that stage of the game, 1988-89. I went to the work. I went to work for the organization um, in 1989. And I bought it in May of 1991. It's kind of like that old Victor Kayam ad. It's like, I like the company so much. I bought the company. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I like the product so much about the company. And uh, then in that time frame, we've had over 40,000 graduates travel from all over the world to come to do our courses and programs. And um, and that has really been the consistent thread. And, and the whole stand for that organization um, is for people to release uh, sort of the blocks, the barriers, the limitations to... Uh, get in alignment with their mission, their purpose for being here on planet Earth, um, and to create and contribute to their family, to their communities, to the world in the way that you're that they are uniquely coded for. And that has been really my driving force for 30 years. I still, uh, not in the same way I used to, but I still deliver those courses and programs. I did one just at the beginning of September, and uh, it, it is that that's that's sort of the the basic theme. <laughs> You know, now when you went through that yourself, and I know you've you've seen so many others now go through this. What what do you think it was that helped you kind of made that shift? And sound like everything kind of connected, right? I I call that convergence, where you really understand kind of who you are, right? You strip away all some of those limiting beliefs. You really get in touch with those core values. Uh, you know, really understand you know who we are. You know how God wired us, and then connect that to what he wired us for. And when those two come together, and it sounds like this is what happened to you, um, yeah. you know, then all of a sudden, 
we can step into that future sometimes even without clarity because we we just uh, we're not afraid to just keep taking those next small steps forward and those small steps forward lead to like you're talking about some big things but if we go back to that I, I, I'm guessing a lot of people listening Jay can just relate to hey that's kind of where I'm at I'm trying to connect all these dots what what is your you know your thoughts as you, that you could share as you maybe reflect back on when you went through that. Well, I, I like how you articulated that and, and the, the idea of convergence, because I think that, that, that for me, that it was, it was certainly not one thing. There was a variety of, of elements at play uh, that were very powerful. But I, I can tell you what I think the, the pivot point was, um, or the hinge upon which all of these things converged, um, and it was this: is that I had a very specific, um, I had a very specific, um, how do I call it, protection mechanism. And 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 I, I'm going to be a little blunt, just so the listeners really get the point. But my my protection mechanism was pretty simple and straightforward. And it was I um, don't like people. In fact, in in sort of more uh, grumpy moments, it was like, I hate people. And if people would just leave me alone, my life would be just fine. I'll just do my work. I'll just do my thing, all of those pieces. Um, and I, I sort of created this these behaviors to just keep people at an arm's length. So I where, wasn't where did that come from, Jay? You know what? For me, I think it was pretty clear. My parents really had a relationship uh, from hell, and it was a fiasco on wheels. And I, and I got to witness the sort of the hurt and the heartache between the two of them um, over an ongoing span of time. Because my mom believed that she couldn't, uh, she couldn't leave until the kids were gone and, and was under this sort of obligation that she had to stay, um, even though everything was miserable and not working. So, you know, I, I was a reasonably smart kid. I could see what was going on. And I remember making a promise to myself. I was like, look, I'm never getting married because I ain't going to work. Um, relationships themselves don't work. People hurt people. Even people, when they say they love each other, at the core, they're, they're, at the end of the day, they're still going to hurt you. Because so, this is what had been modeled to you. This is what you'd been living, right? Yeah, exactly. It, was, it, was, it wasn't rocket science. And I had all the proof in the world that it was true. So, um, you know, I, I create this, you know, and, and I mean, let's be clear about this. This is about as human a story as there is, uh, where we create a crusty, a crusty cover <laughs> to, yeah, sure. to, to keep us safe. And as long as people don't, don't get too close and we don't care too much, then we don't have to worry about, you know, the heartache and the hurt, which, which really that whole piece, you know, served its purpose for a while, but it, but it was actually in this program where, um, as I got to really see myself, how I acted, how I reacted, how I treated people, um, that I got a glimpse as to who and how I was being. And I was not, John, I was not happy about it. I, I was, I was unbelievably mad. Um, now the interesting part of that is like most human beings, when we're faced with a epic truth about ourselves, um, we don't start being mad at ourselves. We start being mad at the person or the structure or the process that pointed out the epic truth. <laughs> That is that does tend to be very true, doesn't it? I I, I wish it weren't, but it is. Turn the flashlight uh, off. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so um, so anyway, through a couple of, of you know turns of events and a couple of conversations, and and the woman who led that particular program was absolutely brilliant and astounding, and and uh, and she asked me a couple of questions about you know my dad, and my relationship with my dad, and 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 it really sort of strikes to the core of 
you know, a bunch of the decisions I'd made. And, uh, and, and here's the hint the pivot point that I'm, I'm getting to is this was that the hinge was a monumental truth telling about myself. And honestly, goodness, even as I say it now, John, I, it still strikes me like very, very deeply, which is the truth mm. was, I don't hate people. I don't dislike people. I don't push people away because, um, they bug me. The truth is, is I love people deeply and it was easier to keep them, you know, three steps beyond than it was to truly let myself care, heart, mind, and soul. Because if you cared in the past, you were opening yourself up to pain. Precisely. Hmm. Precisely. It was just, and, and I remembered like judging the silliness of that. It's like, well, how the hell did you two get into this circumstance? Because that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> anyway, but, but when I told that truth, then really, I think that opened up this possibility of, you know, if I'll use your word, of, of convergence, of the reality is, if that's true, you know, why am I here? What am I going to do? How will I fulfill that? And that really became the, um, and, and not immediately, just to be clear about this, keep in mind, I'm, I'm like 19 years old, 18, 19 years old at this time. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't instantaneous, but it became a new um, filter. It became a new stand. It became um, um, a process for me to go and heal a bunch of relationships in my family, with my mom, with my dad, uh, the, my girlfriend at the time who, uh, you know, probably wish that I'd <laughs> have a collision with a truck. Um, <laughs> we, we had broken up. She, she'd kind of sent me on my way. Um, and just to put that in perspective in terms of going and healing those relationships and telling the truth and, and doing my very best to do my own work. Um, you know, that, that woman is today my wife and, you know, we've been together 30 years um, happily and joyfully, which is something, you know, I think, pro, you know, in, in the scope of everything I've created in my life and, and I've done some cool stuff. That is without a doubt my greatest accomplishment, the thing that I am most proud of. That is that that's exciting, first of all, and congratulations. And I know you how you just glow when you talk about your wife, your bride, or your best friend. And but you know, something that you did though, which I think is such a, a huge thing for all of us to learn from, right? You had this awareness, right? That, you know, I have this protection mechanism. Um, but you didn't just, you know, say, okay, I'm going to make a couple subtle differences. You actually reached back and said, okay, the stuff in the, in the past, uh, that's, that's causing some of these challenges. You actually went proactively and had some of these difficult, these crucial conversations and healed them. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're working with people, what, what did, when they get some new awareness, some new learning, some new insights on who they are, what's going on, you know, what has led them to the, you know, the outcomes, the results that they have today, you know, what, what do you tell them, you know, what's your, you know, uh, advice that you give to people as they're, as they're dealing with some of this new learning? Well, you know, that, that's a good question because, um, so I, I wrote a best-selling book called Reframe Your Blame, How to Be Personally Accountable. Mm. And, um, and there's a lot of talk about accountability and all those pieces. Um, but I fervently believe that there is only one measure of personal accountability. And that measure is our results in life change because we have applied and integrated the lessons. Because lots of people walk around and say, oh, yeah, I'm accountable for that. But then they go 
you know, recreate exactly the same circumstance, you know, go uh, and date the same person in a different body, go and create the same financial results at a different company or a job, go and you know, we just, you know, trade the mechanics, but the experience and the story is exactly the same. Um, so for me, the, the key thing that I say to people is like, well, if you have this insight, if you are in fact personally accountable and you are dedicated to recreating yourself and your results, and what I want to know is how are you applying that lesson in three different life areas? So how are you applying it? And you can think about this in any way, shape or form, right? So you could apply, you, you could ask, how am I applying it in my relationship with God or spirit? How am I applying it in my family? How am I applying it at work? How am I applying it to my physical health? How am I applying it um, in terms of my mission and contribution? And if we don't have specific traction, if there isn't a specific behavior, such as one of those very difficult conversations, or such as a, a recommitment to a, a physical practice, a spiritual practice, if there isn't a specific change, then my judgment is people are just given a lip service. You aren't really accountable. You've, you've done um, a bypass talking about it, but not actually shifting your way of being in relationship to it. So I'm always after, it's like, great, tell me the three ways you're applying it and, and how's that going? And, and more often than not, I get, the, you know, the, the confused dog look with the tilted head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, no, 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 I just told you I was accountable. I'm not really going to do anything about it. <laughs> well, you know, it reminds me of that saying that, you know, change seldom occurs until the, the pain of change exceeds that pain of staying the same. And when you have that awareness of where you're at and actually take that personal responsibility, right, that the blame is right there sitting in the chair that you're in right now or wherever you happen to be, and you accept that responsibility for who you are, how you think, how you're showing up in the world. And if you're willing to make some changes in how you think, how you feel, the actions that you take that stem from that, because when you string those together over time, those lead into the habits that we have. And so we start looking at, you know, what are these habits that we have that are not serving us well? And it all starts, that chain all the way back there is really changing how we think and our mindset. And it was probably a, a shift for you to be able to go back and just even have some of these conversations. Oh, without a doubt. There's no question about it. I, I remember, in fact, I, I tell this story in one of the courses um, that it did. So, hello? Yeah, I'm here. Some, uh, some weird sound just happened there. Sorry about that. Um, I, I tell this story in, in one of the courses of, of choosing that I was going to go and have this conversation with Corey. Um, and, you know, number one, say sto stories. Number two, this is my partner. Number three, um, I love you, even though I hadn't told you that. Um, and I hope you find somebody who is going to treat you and care for you the way you deserve. And, um, and I mean, that sounds like a pretty simple conversation, um, except it's not if you just spend most of your life uh, BSing yourself and others about uh, your degree of care. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But, but it was a three-hour drive. And, and I don't know if you've ever been so stressed or nervous or scared that that your body wants to vomit and, and literally i i spent three hours driving my hands on the wheel with this like this this weird thing in my stomach like just on the verge of 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 actually throwing up this is on um, the way to go have the conversation with Corey. yes wow. yeah exactly yeah. three hour drive i, I pulled over two times because i really thought I, i'm gonna i'm gonna be sick here um and it, and it had nothing to do with physical illness 
It had to do with my worry, my stress, my fear of actually telling the truth and being authentic uh, about what was going on and how much I cared and saying goodbye. Like it, it was astounding. To this day, it still uh, would be like the, the thing in my life that I could say I was most terrified of. And I've done all kinds of crazy crap from fire walking to skydiving, all, all that stuff, you know, compared to going and, and having that conversation. Uh, is just plain old fun, <laughs> but that conversation horrified me. Well, I, I can I can just hear in your voice, Jay, what an impression that that made on you. I mean, that's a memory that 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 is ingrained in your in your your cognitive you know consciousness permanently, isn't it? There is no question, um, and I'll I'll even take it a step further in terms of shifting of beliefs. Um, and I, I will wager again that most of your listeners have had experiences like this. Um, but after that conversation, the, the craziest thing transpired. And we do a lot of work in, in our courses and our programs uh, in terms of even in our mastermind uh, uh, training programs for facilitators around this idea of beliefs and core beliefs. And we all have core positive supportive beliefs. We all have core negative beliefs. But that conversation... I don't know, we probably spoke for two and a half hours, maybe three hours. Um, and I got in the car at the end, gave her a hug, said I loved her. And I was certain, by the way, getting in the car, that we would not see, you know, if we ever saw each other, it'd be, you know, some other, but we were done. You know, it was it was done, it was clean, it was clear, I was sure the best. A clear, fresh start for me, trying to create a relationship that's, that's authentic, all those pieces. But in that conversation and the commitment, um, a core belief of... Um, me needing to protect myself, a core belief of me choosing to push people away, a core belief about how I was in the world shifted and was released and and eliminated that day. And the craziest thing transpired is getting back in the car. It felt much like, you know, first of all, it's very important to, to understand that in the universe, absolutely nothing had changed. Nothing had changed. So and nothing yet, external had changed, it, right? Correct. Yes, correct. And yet in the releasing of this belief and this perspective and this protection, it was as though 10,000 pounds had lifted from my shoulders and um, colors were different. I, like I saw it, it would be like um, the difference between, you know, in, in the new the new TVs, the HD and the old SD. Yeah. Colors were sharper and brighter. Wow. Um, Music and and this is a, this was one that surprised me because I'm I'm highly auditory. Um, is that I heard elements of songs that I've been listening to my whole life that I had never heard that particular aspect of the song. Like it, it was just one of the most astounding things. And when when beliefs shift like that, it's amazing because nothing in the universe changes, and yet absolutely everything changes because I changed. The time, the effort, the energy that went into perpetuating the lie about how I wanted to keep people away from me to, to be safe was just a ridiculous thing. And the honest God truth is most human beings have something equally ridiculous. An inordinate amount of time and an inordinate amount of energy going into trying to be safe from or protect us from something that the honest goodness truth is if we could simply tap into ourselves, heart, mind, soul, God, spirit, universe, all those pieces and line that stuff up and face ourselves, the rest of our lives and the world gets easy. And I'm not talking about 
you know, easy, joyful, fake smile on the face. I'm talking about when the internal struggle is done, then we get to just deal with the real stuff of the world instead of having to fight two battles, one ourselves and one of the stuff that happens in the world. Um, and, and that alignment uh, is to me the most important piece for leadership is that we've got to set our own internal battles aside and get really clear about uh, dealing with ourselves so that we can more consciously and clearly deal with the world. Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I love that you said that because, you know, I, I think really for myself and I've talked about it a lot on the podcast is, you know, going through a very similar process and really not being afraid to be authentic and vulnerable with myself. And you talked about, you know, there was a woman who actually asked you some of these questions and, and for me, you know, I thought I could keep all this stuff inside, but when I found somebody to talk to, you know, mm -hmm. a close friend, or for me, you know, a coach that, you know, you have this relationship that you know that it's just a safe place and you start sharing some of these inner doubts and fears and, and beliefs and you have a place to explore it. But until I process some of this stuff verbally and even heard myself say some of these things, it wasn't, you know, it was like that is when it became real. And when it became real, then I could deal with it. And before, when it's all in my head, I, mm -hmm. I, I tell you what, I'm not equipped to, to deal with things if I just try to do it alone and solo. I, and I don't think we're wired that way. You know what? We need to also acknowledge and realize that, you know, we, we're going to need some help in this journey. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and I really believe in, in two ways, one in the, you know, the very real physical form, the other in terms of spiritual alignment and uh, faith, whatever your practice happens to be. I just firmly believe that both of those things are true. And, and the, the cowboy independence process does more to as celebrated and um, revered as it is, and I think it's even more so in, in American culture than in Canadian culture, um, as much as it is celebrated and revered, it is a problem of quite epic proportions. And I can tell you from having you know 40,000 plus people through my classrooms over the past 30 years that um, that one shift from um, I am alone, I need to do it alone, to... Um, to I am not alone and I am connected and there are people here who care and support and all of those pieces. Those are the, those are the elements that are the most significant under the sun. Well, I agree. So, you know, I mean, you took this and you took this new learning and this new self, this better self, and you bought the company and you've served 40,000 people. And, you know, what led you, you know, was master, you know, these mastermind groups, um, uh, you know, what kind of created your shift into this focus that you've you've had the last m m number of years? Well, you know, that's an interesting question because and we've already even talked about it um, a little bit, which is which is fascinating is that. So I yeah, that was love... a softball for you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, I... you know, here's my guess at the, at the top, right? You're seeing all these people like a lot of us. We've been to conferences. They're amazing. You know, three days, five days, two weeks later, it turns into a pleasant memory. But you know what? Uh, you know, if we're really want to serve people and we realize that we need this human element, this relational element to really affect and, and grow in, you know, the changes we want to make. It takes, um, you know, us being in relationship and having a group and having support, doesn't it? You, you just hit the nail on the head. 
Um, and because I love the transformations. I love the transformations, those moments of epiphanies where, you know, somebody, for example, like me or, or someone else is like, oh, I see that this is this is the deceit that I have been um, I have been perpetuating with myself and with others and all of those pieces. Um, when that happens, it's quite magical. But what I what I what's different for me that that I think is important, perhaps for for people to understand is that. Conferences, you know, usually are remote, right? So somebody gets on a plane and, and goes and does something. Or in the personal development industry, uh, a company comes to town and runs a three-day program or a five-day program and, you know, uh, moves everybody and it's amazing and, you know, clappy, 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 and then they get on a plane and they go home. The distinction for me, however, is that um, I'm from Canada. I live in the town in which we operate. Um, of those 40,000 graduates, probably 30,000 of them uh, were somewhat regional in terms of Western Canada. And I live in the same community as, as my clients and my participants. So I see them at the grocery store. I see them um, at the schools. Uh, I see them, they're playing, their kids are playing with my kids. So I have, a, I think, a much uh, more intimate and honest assessment of the stickiness of trainings and uh, the real change that happens. And it became pretty clear to me pretty early that the gravity of the life that most people design is too powerful for them to actually live into the changes that they want. And by the way, there's tons of great science that just proves that that's true. Um, I, I just witnessed it and didn't do any real huge study about it. I just observed that this was going on. and. You know, after, I don't know, probably five years, maybe seven years, something like that, I was like, you know what, we need to do something that's truly going to support people and give them the time and the space to grow into the transformations, to grow into the changes, to have the support and the vibration that holds them into this new space. And that's where I started creating mastermind groups. And uh, what we would do is we would, um, people would take these transformational courses and weekends, and then we'd move them into longer term um, longer term groups and longer term support processes that we called a variety of different names, but they were all fundamentally mastermind groups. How, how and, do you define uh, what a mastermind group is, Jay? Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, consistent old school. I, I just use Napoleon Hill's standard uh, description, which is this. It's when a small group of people come together um, for a common purpose to serve and support one another uh, with individual and group goals. And it can be any format, it can be any length of time, it can have any structure under the sun. But the key piece for a mastermind group is that the content, so to speak, the conversations, the support is sourced more from the group of people who are coming together than it is from any given leader, guru, coach, trainer, consultant, all of those pieces. Is that it really is the creation of a community and a tribe that supports one another not just an educational process or not just a, um, um, you know, listening process for a individual. So, so this is not a follow-up where I, I go to a great seminar and then I'm getting together once a month to just get, you know, a refresher on the content. This, this is, this is very different than that. Completely. And, and, and we teach a hybrid model for masterminds that actually does include a little bit of content, but let's be clear about this, a little bit, um, because the, the truth is that sometimes a little education can, can be really great 
to stimulate the group moving forward with its status, promise, or objective, or to stimulate the social binding, the connection, and uh, the sharing of network, resources, wisdom, and support among the group. But that's the real purpose of the education. It, it is to stimulate connection and to move the group. It isn't for the purpose of, of learning something new, so to speak, uh, for the sake of learning. I mean, truth of the matter is there's virtually nothing we can't learn on Google at these, uh, in this day and age. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, there is a little bit, but it is not just for the sake of learning. It has a br- bigger and broader and more important purpose. Yeah, and I think one of the most powerful things for me, both being in, in I would encourage everybody out there listening, I, I don't care what industry or occupation or career that you're in, but um, that you're that you should be in at least two mastermind groups like this one that you're paying for, where somebody is leading it. And the other one is maybe even one that you put together on your own, that's a, a group of peers. But as you build those relationships and you share what's going on in your life and you're helping other, you know, other people are sowing into you, there's this amazing brain trust that forms because people have so many different experiences. But also for me, it creates a level of accountability, right? At the end of these mastermind groups, I'm talking about, hey, what I'm going to be accountable for to help you, what I'm going to do in my own life, you know, what I'm going to do, maybe a a crucial conversation I have and you guys help me get prepared for that. I'm going to let you know how it went or something I need to do with my business and I'm going to go get this done. But having that, you know, a group, a safe place to go to have people so into you, you know, to serve and support us in creating those, you know, what we're going to do next, that for me has been just huge and continuously moving forward and growing. And, and, you know, I would tell you right now where I, where our company is today about three years after we started it, is is leaps and light years ahead of anything I even dreamed about three years ago. And the coaching, the mastermind groups I've been a part of have been an absolutely essential part of, you know, what we've been able to do the last couple of years. It is one of the fastest, most powerful ways to bend time under the sun. And there is just one last piece that that, that I wanted to add in terms of, of this whole idea of what a mastermind is. And uh, Napoleon Hill wrote it, and, I, and I'll say it in, in my words, is that a true mastermind is a spiritual process. It is, you know, the... the the passage of, you know, whenever two or more uh, gather in my name, I am there, Um, is that there is this spiritual component that there's this amazing synergy that happens when we come together in a, what I'm going to say, a stand of love, standing for the best in one another, even when we may forget um, that that's truly what happens in a mastermind. And it does bend time and it does create miracles. And um, I, I could say exactly the same thing about every aspect of my life. Um, in terms of what actually occurs um, has been handled or started or uh, instigated or reinforced by participation in my mastermind groups. Yeah, and, you know, I I think another element of that, too, is, you know, I've kind of always had this philosophy, Jay, is, you know, a lot of the clients that they hire me for executive and leadership coaching and the people that have been, in the mastermind groups that we've launched, I have no doubt that over time they could probably get the results that they're getting through our group. But what happens is instead of maybe two years to get to that, you know, that real, that important, that worthwhile outcome, working with this group accelerates that dramatically. And we can 
oftentimes shrink that that same result down from two years to maybe six months or less. Now think yeah. about that. If I can get, accomplish this in six months, what happens the next six months, the next six months, the next six months? So now we're talking about you know, um, you know, an, uh, multiplication instead of addition, and yes. that is huge in our lives. Well, and and truly, if if you just this is sometimes how I how, how I will describe it, John. It's like just imagine that if there was ten other people that. Number one, truly cared about your well-being, truly cared about your business, truly cared about your family, truly cared about your mission on planet Earth. And you just had another 10 people that every opportunity that crossed their desk, this one thing happened. It's like, hmm, this is fantastic. Am I interested? Hmm, maybe yes, maybe no. Who in my mastermind group might this fit for? If, if you just had another pair of 10 eyes that was filtering the world for opportunities, for issues, for concerns, for support, from that perspective, you quite literally, unless you're a complete deadhead, <laughs> you quite literally will magnify your access to opportunities, magnify your, uh, your reach by 10 times, just by being in a properly run mastermind group that's well vetted with people who are moving and shaking. Like it, it, it's, it truly is astounding. No, I couldn't agree more. You know, something else that I think would be good to touch on, because, you know, you know, there was something in uh, that that led me to seeking you out. And it was uh, I'd been talking to a number of uh, different folks about executive coaching and they really couldn't afford to hire me one on one. So there was actually a small group that formed with four other people. Uh, and I just I put it together and I loved it. I loved working with the group. But what I found was, you know, just some of the people that were in the group, how I ran the group, it, it honestly did not have the effect, the outcome, the impact, the influence that I was really hoping for. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to learn from this and do the next one even better. Yeah. And th then I had to think about, okay, man, how do I find the right, you talk about 10 people. So, you know, mm -hmm. how do I put together a group of the right people? And I found that having the right people is critical, you know, having a vision for the group. And, you know, that you talked about the common purpose. What if I am going to do content? How do I do that in a way that really serves people in a way that just energizes the group, the conversation and the outcomes? And what I found was is that um, I felt like I had the ability to do that, but the knowledge and the experience and the tools to do that well was lacking. And that's when I reached out to you. And, you know, there's so much that I learned from you, Jay, and I, I, that's why I thank you so much about, you know, how to actually in my network, right? And it, my network had been kind of cold. Remember, I was coming out of that accident. I've been in the hospital for Right. Uh, my goodness, for almost two and a half years, my network was very dormant. I had no capital. I couldn't do marketing. Um, but, you know, tapping into and going through the mastermind boot camp and learning all these skills and then having you to support me and answer questions and where I got stuck. And, you know, we've been able to launch. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't even know how many we've done now in the last two and a half years, but a number of groups, every single one of them successfully, it's it's doubled the revenue of our coaching business. And I don't even know how to measure the, the influence, man. It's been a huge part of Project 100. So, you know, as people are listening, I know you have something for everybody um, yeah. that, that we can connect them with, but if, but if you're interested 
in either A, being part of a mastermind group. We'd love to help you plug into a group that would be a great fit. If this is something you want to start at work, as a coach, as a consultant, uh, as part of your ministry. You know what? I was talking about this with a friend of mine, and he's a financial advisor. So here's what he's done, Jay. He has actually started mastermind groups with his clients that have similar needs, right? The, the first group that he did were all surgeons, and he found that these guys have such crazy lives, and their lives are a wreck, and they're making a ton of money, and he was managing their money, but he felt he just wasn't really serving the whole person. And so he brought mastermind groups into his practice. So not, not only is he serving people at such a different level, but the referrals that have come in because of the relationships and the value that he's adding to other people's life, his this was like this was not his focus in the beginning, but that as kind of a serendipity to this focus of bringing this into just what he's doing as a financial advisor has transformed what he's doing on the business side of things. Also, I, I love hearing that, and and that you know often is the case. You know, in terms of when we start in the process, we might have a narrower focus, but it it often it often broadens. I love that. Well, and and you know, I just want to want to emphasize that that. Sometimes people see or think of masterminds just too narrowly. So, I mean, obviously, if you're a coach or consultant, it makes perfect sense. We, we can do precisely what you did, and you guys were great examples of that. And I also wanted to, to express my gratitude for your endorsement and, and testimonials at, uh, at Mastermind to Millions. I know that it has made a monumental difference for, for people seeing. It's like, hey, this can be done. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, a little example goes an awfully long way to help people to actually make things real. Um, so I really appreciate that. The, the other thing I wanted to point out is that, you know, there's, uh, my dear wife worked at, uh, at one of the fastest growing United churches, um, in Canada, it might even have been in North America. And what's interesting is that they actually use a mastermind process for their, uh, weekly sermon between uh, the minister, the music director, the director of congregation care that like, like they put this whole thing together, um, actually as a group in a mastermind process. Um, I have a, a client who had a, um, well, I guess he still has and didn't have, uh, who has a manufacturing plant and they did a mastermind group for the sales team for the plant. Um, and that mastermind group created like this entire new business opportunity that they now serve, uh, light rail transit, um, uh, uh, light rail transit firms are all across North America. So anyway, there's just, there's a lot of ways to do this, but just think of it from this perspective in the biggest scenario, which is how and where could additional support, additional resources, and a community accelerate or leverage the results that I would like to create? And, and the truth of the matter is that, you know, I've been at this for darn near 30 years, not once ever have, uh, have I come, come across somewhere it's like, oh, that didn't make perfect sense. So, um, you know, like there's lots of ways to do that. Lots and lots of ways to do that. Well, yeah. And, you know, and just from a coaching perspective, I was just kind of walking through this with uh, somebody the other day. Let's, you know, let's just say as a, a coach, you know, you charge, you know, a lot of life coaches are, you know, around $200 an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, but you want to have a different price point for folks. Maybe $200 an hour is, you know, still kind of, you know, steep for some folks. But what if you put together a group of 10 people at $75, you know, for each session that they're coming together, 
you know, now as a coach, you, you know, for that same spot in your calendar, you can make $750 an hour. And what you're going to find is because of that synergy, that energy that comes out of the group, people are even going to be served even better. I actually, I think some of the outcomes in, in a mastermind are even at a, a, a higher level than some of the one-on-one -on -one coaching that happens. You know, it kind of depends on the, the relationship, the dynamic, where somebody is, what they need. But, uh, you know, it is a huge thing. And I know you have a number of different programs. And the reason that I'm talking about this is because, Jay, you're one of the, the few people that I truly endorse. You know, this is, this is an investment that anybody that's interested in this needs to make because of, you know, who you are and how you do this. But... You have the Momentum Group, which is really, that's where I started, right, with your Mastermind Boot Camp. I'm yes. just learning all the basics and how to launch. You have your lead program. You have your seven-figure business breakthrough. So you have kind of your, you know, let's get started. You kind of have a mid-level. You have a premium level, depending on people's needs. So you, you definitely have connected to, you know, where people are at, what their needs are, and you know, what's the best way for people to, you know, find out more information about you, what you do, what masterminds are, maybe how to how to get one started? You know, the, the what, you know, my favorite thing to give away, if if you're like, gee, could I do this? Would it fit? My favorite thing to give away is is what we call the mastermind mentors manual. And, and this is the actual manual that I used internally for my personal development company, uh, teaching my coaches, my facilitators, my trainers. Um, how to run mastermind groups to serve and support people to create the changes that they wanted. And it's 52 pages. Um, honest to goodness, I spent uh, an awful lot of money mastering this, tweaking it, adjusting it, testing it, all of those pieces, like an awful lot of money. Um, and you guys can have it for free. It's 52 pages. You can grab it at mastermind2millions. That's T-O. So mastermind2millions.com. Um, click the button there and you can get that 52-page manual. And, and it will give you really the insider's look at what's necessary. Everything from ground rules, everything from the structure of the meetings, um, all the way through to, you know, bringing in a new client, sending out an old client, like the, everything is there. And if, if that appeals to you, it's like, Hey, I think I could do this. Hey, I think this would make a difference for my tribe. Um, then there's a whole bunch of other things that we can, that you can take action on. And we're happy to serve and support you because, you know, our, uh, going back to, you know, you'd said your your leadership 100. Um, Mastermind to Millions is not just about money. It is about having the groups, the support, the community uh, available to millions of people. We want to launch millions of mastermind groups because our world is going to change more in the next 10 or 12 years. Uh, it, it will be unrecognizable with AI and digital enhancement and all of those pieces. And I just really think that that we need to help people create the communities that will be um, you know, the safe port in a sea of epic, epic change that's heading our way. Yeah. And I'm smiling as you're talking. I'm thinking, you know, does anybody out there think we have a leadership crisis in the world right now? Oh, you know, man. I think one of the, <laughs> the fastest ways to address this is, is this, it's through a relationship, it's through personal accountability, it's through personal change, becoming our best selves, and then helping other people become their best selves, connecting to what they were meant to do, to taps into their values, their passions, their strengths, and their gifts. And you know what, if other, if we allow other people to be a catalyst to do that in our life, that also gives us the ability to be a catalyst in other people's lives. And I got to tell you, from my perspective, man, that is just a, a joyful place to operate from. You know, so as, as we wrap up, Jay, what are just some final thoughts or comments you'd like to leave with the audience? 
Well, you know, number one, I'd just like to say thank you, John. I really appreciate this conversation. Uh, as always, it's great to connect with you, and uh, I admire and respect the work you do, and um, and I'm thrilled to hear that you know our mastermind structure has played a, a a little bit of a role in that. That that's absolutely fantastic. And for anyone else who is sitting at home wondering about what their next step is, or sitting at home wondering about you know how could I leverage my impact. How could I accelerate and bend time? How could I serve my community, my tribe, uh, my business at a higher level? Um, I would just wholeheartedly invite you to explore this idea of masterminds, mastermind groups, and you can do them in a multitude of different ways, but they are a powerful tool and they make a monumental difference. And um, check it out, see if it resonates with you. And if it is, then please, you know, Follow us up, take more action, and we'll do everything in our power to serve and support you. Awesome. And Jay Facet, Mastermind2Millions, T-O-Millions.com. That, uh, the Mentor's Manual is something. Actually, I was actually rereading that just the other day on my flight out to uh, Ohio to work with a client. So um, it is, it's phenomenal, guys. It'll, it'll definitely give you a jump start and the information you need. And Jay, thank you so much for you know who you are your time and but mostly just you know you always just having those arrows pointed out because it's not just my life that you've sewn into I've just seen how many other people through the work that you're doing I mean you are truly one of those people that is a affecting millions of people and I I just my prayer someday is someday God just kind of goes back and says you know what here's all the the ripples that happened because of what you've done through your life and look at all these all these people where things have changed relationships have healed businesses have been launched and grown communities have been impacted and uh, uh, man I just I appreciate you big time I appreciate you too brother Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. As I said at the top, this edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock. Is there something that feels like it's blocking your business? The team at Marketplace Rock partners with you in unearthing those things that could be holding you back through intercessory prayer. Just earlier this year, Vicki told me while she was praying, she heard from me to water the seeds. I knew exactly what it meant and got some business out of it. Another time she was praying and accurately described one of our dogs who turned out needed medical attention. John and I can't recommend the team at Marketplace Rock highly enough. In fact, our phone calls with them are the highlight of our week. Visit them online, marketplacerock.com, or listen to either of Amy Everett's past interviews with us, episodes four and 66, marketplacerock.com. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.